When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Hale Varsity Radio Saturday Morning Show, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Strap yourselves in. Here are your hosts, Chris Schmitz. Y'all don't even know he was a virgin until he's 28, and now, roll tide. And Mark Cranach. Time has come for someone to put his foot down. And that foot is me. Welcome to it, Weekend Editions here at Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, maybe Mark Kradak, <laughs> and uh, Elijah Herbal. Welcome to it. Numbers to get in, 466-3776, Give us a shout on the hotline. You can email chris at halevarsity.com. And uh, we'll hear from Mark Cranach here shortly. Uh, find us on Twitter at Schmidt underscore radio for Chris Schmidt, at Mark Skurs for Mark Cranach, and at Herbal Essence for Elijah Herbal. So Cranach uh, is speaking in tongues with his computer right now. So he'll uh, he'll get locked in. Busy day yesterday for Nebraska Friday Night Lights Part Two. College World Series, man. It's going to feel like summer today up in Omaha as things get rocking. Stanford and NC State get things uh, going around uh, 1 o'clock or so for that first pitch. You'll hear that here on ESPN Lincoln. Uh, different uh, elements of the CWS coverage. We are on the road Monday and Thursday at Zipline, just right across from TD Ameritrade Park. So we'll be on site for uh, three different appearances uh, in front of CWS action Monday, Thursday, and then game one of the championship series. So a lot's gone down this week with uh, Nebraska football. And uh, I think uh, overall, uh, as we look at the McCaffrey saga that that happened uh, this week with Coach Frost uh, and the Big Red Blitz, I think uh, if I were to go off of – and Twitter's a unique animal, obviously, but he had, a, he had a, a, quite a bit of support uh, come out towards Scott Frost. Coach Frost is is pretty on point, pretty nails with uh, his commentary regarding the transfer portal and just, quite honestly, the, the unknown. You're getting into some deep waters with the transfer portal if you're a student athlete and you opt to go somewhere else. You're one of several thousand that that may not have a home when you leave a place that put time effort to sweat blood all that good stuff into bringing you into a program and uh, coach frost uh, called it like he saw it he's a pretty straight shooter with that and uh, you had some family members uh, in the McCaffrey crew not like that rewind coming up here in uh, 20 minutes our chat with uh, Husker standout and longtime Kansas City Chief Eric Warfield. 
Uh, that at 7.30. Brandon Vogel at 8.05. And then the Iron Horse, Gary Sharp, will get going with this. Elijah, what's up, man? What do you know? How was how was yesterday? You and Willie J Rocket. Oh, it was a great time. Great time. No complaints. Um, yeah. Uh, had a good little sit down with Derek Peterson about the uh, the Oklahoma City Thunder. He's got to be good. pretty happy to get Kemba. Well, it's, it's good to get Kemba, but they also cleared two of the posts that were getting a lot of playing time ahead of Isaiah Roby. So this kind of clears some space for Isaiah Roby to, to get a bigger role in the NBA next year. So uh, I, think, I think that's pretty fun. Yeah, Friday's fun. And uh, tomorrow, or I guess today now, headed up to uh, Omaha to go catch that NC State game. So you are going to be on, uh, on site. You'll be on assignment for us allegedly, for uh, for NC State and Stanford. Uh, last night with Friday Night Lights, you had several hundred athletes work out at Memorial Stadium, the second FNL camp, uh, and uh, it was pretty cool. Uh, and one name to know, and this is a legacy, and he's one of the best offensive linemen I had a chance to cover, Dominic Riola, uh, the, the initial winner of the Remington Award, as the top center in the country. Well, uh, Dylan Raiola, uh, his son, the uh, 2024 quarterback, uh, was able to throw for a group of Nebraska coaches that included Scott Frost, Mario Verdusco, and Matt Lubick. And you've seen this continue to kind of trend upward for Raiola and his recruitment. He's 6'3", he's 215. He's a quarterback for the 2024 class, and he's out of the the Burleson, Texas region. And there's a lot of schools already in on him, and because of the Nebraska tie, you've got the ability to, to have an in with uh, a kid like Riola. Uh, Georgia, in on him. TCU, in on him. Clemson has been paying attention to Dylan. Uh, of course, Florida State and Washington State. The first offer from Georgia on June 10th. So uh, the thing that kind of sticks out about Riola is not only his arm and footwork, but also his accuracy. That was on display last night in some of the footage and video I was able to check out. And uh, you know what? Nebraska was was impressed, impressed enough to offer uh, the the talented quarterback for 2024 in offer. So you have Dylan Raiola getting that nod, and uh, the pictures on Twitter from Dylan pretty cool. Where you got him with Coach Frost, the big old bear hug <laughs> as he's taking the picture with his two little brothers uh, from dad. Uh, you've got him in uniform, and of course, it never hurts to have a Heisman winner with said Heisman in hand uh, uh, there to take a pick. So. Dylan Riola, a story. Also, I'm Ron. Uh, I'm Marion Stewart. Uh, he's out of Rolling Brook, Illinois. Uh, 2024 wideout. Uh, he was able to get an offer Friday night. Missouri in on him. Penn State, Tennessee, Washington. Uh, how much weight should we put on Arizona State offers moving forward? Uh, we, we were talking with Greg Smith about this yesterday, and Will doesn't seem to think that like the whole violations is a big thing. He's like, I mean, I'm kind of with him. See, as far as just busting COVID, COVID protocol and, hey, let's, let's all meet in person when the rest of the world shut down, the NCAA is like, no, 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 dead period. You, you, can, you can visit virtually. Uh, you can do virtual tours, but absolutely not 
I mean, on your own dime, but there's no contact allowed. This, this to me seems like it's time to make an example. Yep. And mm-hmm. they are going to bring the kitchen sink. We bring in Mark Cranack with this uh, Hail Varsity. Uh, Cranack, we're, we're talking about uh, round two of Friday Night Lights, a uh, guy you and I got to cover uh, in uh, college, uh, Dominic Riola. His son Dylan having a, a, a nice night. Uh, and then we're also kind of wading into uh, the Arizona State sanctions. Uh, we'll, we'll get into the McCaffrey situation. What's up? How are you? No? Well, I guess I got a different call from Mark. Mark, is that Mark in now? Great act. We got right, you. Hello? There hey, is, there we is, are. Is the radio show there? Is yes. We, here's, what, here's what just happened. We just ran a short side option on third and three, uh-huh. and, and I pitched it to you as the – the trail back, and we fumbled oh, out of bounds. Me out. We, 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 me out. we fumbled out of bounds no, no, and, we, and we, lost five yards. We fumbled it, and everyone's thinking, oh, everything's, everything's gone haywire. It's gone south. But then Mark picked it up and still somehow got the first down. Did he? Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I saw the ball, like, bouncing around behind me, and then I just ran back, picked it up, made a couple jukes. Here we are. Right. No, all good. How are you? You know, um, I'm doing okay, man. I'm doing okay. Uh, I've been listening. I've been listening for a while, just like wondering if I, I was going to be able, you know, on the show I co-host. I was wondering if I was going to be able to actually do that, uh, you know. But it was, but it was great. I, I mean, I, I'm excited about Riola. Yeah, I, I think that would be good. I just, as long as the Dominic mentality got kind of embedded in uh, Dylan here, then I'm good. I'm, I'm good with an off, with that kind of mentality at QB. Think about like, that. <laughs> if you got dad's mentality playing quarterback. It's really good. That'd be right? wonderful. Like I, it, well, and I just like how things are just springing to life around the program right now. And the McCaffrey situation. Yes. Uh, you, you know what it, stri- what it strikes me as at this point? Just all the way around. Like everybody involved. Just it's petty. The whole thing. Right. I think Frost's comments, a little petty. The McCaffrey family reaction, definitely petty. Like, because he, look, he didn't call him out. He was speaking kind of generally about transfers and saying a lot of kids are getting bad advice. Like, if you were to just strip away everything else. And he ain't, and ro- and he ain't wrong. Yeah, right. If you so, remember, like in English class, what is the main idea? The main idea <laughs> in this case was kids are getting bad advice. And that is true. There are a lot of kids that are leaving Nebraska that are going to, like, not very good schools and then not playing a lot, right? Like, that just happens. Look, this guy, McCaffrey's going from Louisville to Rice. Like, Rice? Really? That's good? Maybe it will be. Maybe, Maybe the offense will be perfect for him and maybe it'll be fine. But, like... It's not untrue what Frost is saying. I don't think Frost has the best timing, though. I don't think he has the. Be- I don't think he takes on social cues that well. <laughs> like, because you don't have to say just because it's true, it doesn't mean you have to say it. Like, you encounter people every day who are really ugly. You don't just say, "Well, you're ugly," because even though it's true, you just maybe don't want to say it. You're right? telling me it's- you need to to accentuate the positive. Oh, you have wonderful <laughs> eyes, sweetie. Sometimes you say it best when you say nothing at all. Mm-hmm. 
So I, I understand what he's saying, though. I mean, kids are getting bad advice. And when, when he cites the numbers, I think there's 1,100 kids in the transfer portal at any given time, which mm-hmm. equates to about 10 kids per program at any given time. And how many spots? I, like four, maybe, I, per right. program that are open? And that's uh, just, that's supply and demand. Here's, so that's here's, what he was saying. Yeah. And then, But the way the McCaffrey brother, brothers reacted was – I, I You're picking on my brother. What are you doing? You transferred, and they didn't. And it wasn't even. He didn't call him out by name. He was just no. saying, "Look, we have a kid that left that has already gone to a second school." Well, like, he could have been talking true. about the linebacker from Florida. Mm-hmm. You know, there's there's right. two instances. Which is, I doubt it. <laughs> <laughs> I doubt it. I doubt it as well. But there is plausible deniability there. <laughs> I doubt it as well. Here's what I don't get, and and I and I understand. I'm trying to look at it from. Each dude's shoes, right? A, you're a stud in high school. You had this fairy tale of a recruiting process. You could have gone anywhere, and you're used to being the man, and maybe you were the man for three years and part-time man as a freshman in high school, and you came from this big D1 factory. All right, let's just set the parameters up. What your pedigree is going into college football and and then you get to said destination and you're de-recruited and let's just say Travis Fisher's your position coach and he's as real with you the day you uh, get to campus as he was the day you got to campus on a recruiting visit and his take is consistent rents due every day bro okay and I'm going to over-recruit because I think competition is going to make you great. It's going to make the room great. It's going to make our team great. It's going to make our defense great. Right? That's his philosophy. And I can understand the, the adjustment that goes on, I think, if, if I'm the man and then all of a sudden I'm just one of many. So that's a tough mindset for a lot of kids to, to go deal with because they're not used to it. And from a maturity level, on top of an advice standpoint, who's in their ear after six months, after a year, after three months, and let's throw COVID into this where there's no social life. There's no ability to, to be normal. And that would suck. And and I, I'm just like, man, I, I can understand getting homesick. It's happened to all of us at some point, and we're not even football players. And then I... I look at it as the old guy. And as the old guy, I'm like, man, think about the work you've, you've already put in, whether you've enjoyed your experience of, or not, the time has been ticking. And I know there's a pause button on your eligibility, and you've got this free pass to go do or go wherever. But, man, you're, you're just hitting reset and going into an unknown and you're going to have to start at, at the basement floor and, and potentially work your way up at a whole new program. Do you want to do that again on top of the fact that maybe, I don't know, somebody at Louisville will call your family and say, kid can play quarterback here. Oh, okay. Wait a minute. <laughs> Louisville's got a you know a two year starter that's thrown twenty touchdown passes returning. Mm. There's a backup that uh, saw some time and did all right. Mm. 
All right, uh, Luke, welcome to Louisville. Nice to see you. Oh, uh, what do you? How do you? How's how's playing slot grab you? <laughs> huh? And you hear brakes squeal, right? That to me is there's both sides of the coin, and I just I I pray that kids whether they're frustrated or think they're getting done dirty or whatever the case may be when it comes to depth chart, give yourself some time to be coached. Give yourself some time to develop because that's what's being lost with everyone hopping from one foot to the next. You as a player aren't getting the reps or the development or, and it's not like that doesn't Translate. I mean, you, you run drills at NC State, you can run the same drills in, in Lincoln. I get it. But from a system and a chemistry standpoint, I mean, all of those things. That's that's the thing that's being lost is it's okay to, 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 to age a little bit. You and I love steak. All three of us love steak. Well, we like the steaks that have been dry-aged for a while. It's okay. And that's that's the part to me that you, not everyone's Trevor Lawrence. Sorry, and that's okay. No. There's a reason there's there's greatness with with sunshine there. I mean, between the championships and and coming in, a la Tommy Frazier, halfway through your true freshman year, give yourself time and listen to your coaches. They truly do have your best interest in mind, in, in my humble opinion. Versus that that coach or or friend or crazy Uncle Larry, or whoever that, that thinks, man, you're getting hosed. You're not starting right away. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm 19, and I just got to campus. Yeah. I mean, have, have some, help, some, help these kids have some perspective on it. And I think that's what Cro- Coach Frost was trying to lay out there. And, and I think in a, in, a, in a setting on Big Red Blitz, when he got a Q&A session, he, he answered it. And I don't think he was – intending yeah. to, to pour any salt. Totally. He's, yeah, this, he's, he's right. just, this isn't a press conference. No, right? this is, no. This is connect this, with fans. This tell is you, him tell out them, Carney just right. kicking it. And tell, tell people what he thinks, and that's kind of the whole point of that thing. It, and sorry that for, for the ramble there, but that's just my take, man. I, I, yeah. I know kids are being sweet-talked. Here's the thing, though, Chris. And I know kids are also what? impatient. We're all impatient at 18. Well, well what's up with, Here's the thing, though. Frost has been—he's a punching bag, man. You, you know, like ever since ever since the pandemic, really, and how he was kind of fighting for playing football, and he, he took a he took a bath for that, mm-hmm. right? Got a ton of criticism for that from all corners. Then he had the Oklahoma uh, thing rear its head not long. The ago. Oklahoma thing, and he gets clowned for that. And then you got this thing clowned for that, and. Look, one, and there's a, I think there's a few reasons for that. Well, one, he wades into territory like that with just no breaks, right? <laughs> he just wades. He just steps his way into topics like that, um, trying to just be honest, right? And, but I think, two, he's, you know, you remember the, the knight in shining armor vibe mm-hmm. that, oh, sure. that he, was, he was more than happy to embrace when, <laughs> when he first came in. So you have that whole thing, and he's got a certain bravado about him, right? He doesn't have that, even though he values and wants humility out of his team, mm-hmm. he carries a certain bravado about him, right? 
so I, in that way, I think he is like one of those people that people want to take down. You know what I mean? Like young, good looking, hot shot, kind of, you know, like Ted from One Crazy Summer almost. You know, I don't know if anybody's seen that movie. It's an old movie. But, it's been a while. you know, just <laughs> you, you, like you could cast him almost as like the, the guy in a B movie who's like the, you know, the the, the, the quarterback with the sweater around his neck right he's almost out of central casting in that way so i think people want to villainize him i really do i I think people want to villainize the guy and so whenever he wades into territory where you can be villainized they're quick to do it it happens fast and what fixes this wins winning yes no yes do you think anybody care if he's coming out of a 11 and 0 season or a 10 and 2 or whatever mm-hmm. and he's talking about the transfer market do you think he's getting the kind of treatment he's getting now no, no. not at all he sounds a lot like uh, the same things Nick Saban saying except Nick's holding the crystal trophy at the end of every season mm-hmm. Mark Crane right. yeah he's not you're, and that's a really good point Chris like he doesn't have a uh, yeah I don't think his philosophy is all that different no than what Nick Saban says. They're, they're but, both on the Nick same page. Saban. Right. But Nick Saban's running out of fingers for the rings. Yeah, he's going to have to go to his feet. I know. I know. Toe ring. Mark Kradak, Chris Schmidt. Saban, let's think about Nick Saban's toes for a second. No. No, yeah, uh, it's not. We will uh, rewind here in a moment to Eric Warfield on the way. Great uh, story from Coach uh, from Warfield on Coach Osborne and motivation at Tale Varsity Weekend. Early to rise with Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Here's Chris Schmidt and Mark Cranach. Back into it, hour two. It's Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Let's talk some ball. And, of course, a great fundraiser and event coming up here, too. Eric Warfield, uh, Husker standout, Chief Patriot with us. Warfield, what's up, man? How are you? I'm doing well. You know, the, 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 the heat wave is finally starting to come in, so I won't be swinging a club as much. <laughs> so I was going to say, how does Eric Warfield navigate incredible temperatures? I mean, you're down in Big D, but uh, you're coming back up here, and we've got that uh, triple-digit <laughs> welcome for you. Yeah, I saw that, and I was a little caught off guard. Like, man, this can't be Nebraska, not 104 this time of the year. Man, that makes that off-season trade in a real commitment, right? <laughs> well, you can find uh, Eric on Twitter at uh, EA Warfield 44 Now, Eric, uh, before we dive into some ball, you've got the, the Lighthouse event coming up here uh, next week. Give folks a uh, heads up on, on the, the Lighthouse, your involvement, and what's going on. Man, I've been involved with the Lighthouse for the longest. I think ever since I retired. Uh, so I had been doing a basketball event where we play the, the Lincoln Police Department as a fundraiser. And then uh, I was I continued doing uh, 100 Kids for Christmas mm. shopping um, for the Lighthouse. And all majority of those kids came from the Lighthouse. Uh, so this has been kind of a... a, a a passion thing to where, um, you know, I've been doing this ever since uh, high school because my mom was had, had taken in some foster kids, so I've kind of uh, got a soft spot for, for trying to help those that are in unfortunate situations. And the Lighthouse is an after-school program right there in Lincoln, Nebraska, that has been thriving for years to 
to help and inspire, motivate those 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 young kids. Uh, a lot of inner city kids, but it's not all inner city kids. You get you get some some kids from uh, around the suburbs that come and uh, take part in it. Also, uh, so it's a, a very special program that kind of dear to me uh, uh, that we just you know help in many ways to to help raise money and, and awareness to what they're doing. So. So important uh, after school, you know, direction and Eric kind of take us a little further if you can, just like growing up and just kind of your family background with, you know, you talk about your mother and and uh, foster kids and, and wanting to help out and, and be a positive influence. You've obviously paid that forward with your career and then even post career. Yeah. And so like in high school, well, not before high school, uh, my mom had gotten legal custody of uh one of my very best friends mm-hmm. and after he came to stay two others came about maybe a year after that so she was raising her three kids as a single parent uh along with three others and i don't know how she did it chris but she managed to, to get us all educated and out of the house um and so by the time we all graduated you know she was kind of used to taking care of a all that madness mm-hmm. so she started bringing in foster kids and uh, throughout the years you know these these kids would uh you know contact me write letters uh call uh and to see the things that i was doing at the time at nebraska winning national championships so they were definitely inspired um to want more out of life so uh she just got way deep into it to where uh, it just became everything to her. Mm. And to, for me to see um, uh, the reactions that these kids gave my mom, the smile that, that they put on her face to see uh, how her caring, how her help, uh, you know, guidance uh, was pushing them to become uh individuals that we never imagined. Because uh, a lot of these kids come from the streets. A lot of these kids come from, uh, group homes um, so it, it was one to where uh, you see a lot of the growth within the kids uh, but then you see that there's some that are um, you know no matter how much help you give them uh, they just continue to go off that deep end and you, you, even though you know you see those that aren't wanting the help uh, that doesn't mean you give up on them mm. And so uh, that's one thing that she's always done. And throughout the years, she she continues to keep in touch with all those kids. So uh, when I got to Kansas City, uh, you know, that's one thing that the, the Chiefs and a lot of other people want you to do is to try to start a foundation to to help give back to the community. And so um, Tony Gonzalez was one that kind of got me started with 100 kids because that was a thing that he did. And so I just continued doing it. Uh, and especially when I got to Lincoln, it became such a hit uh, with the Lighthouse, and the kids loved it because I would bring out student athletes from the University of Nebraska. So we have all the kids from the university uh, in every sport come out, and they would escort these kids through uh, Walmart as they did their shopping. Mm-hmm. So they, these kids would get to see these uh, student athletes that came from basically the same places that they came from, uh, and now they're uh, on full scholarships trying to you know become better individuals themselves so it's, it's it's a story within a story to where the kids shop with you know those kids that are going shopping and um they get to hear stories from those kids and those kids also get to hear stories from those uh student athletes well and it's it's kind of planting that 
that movement for success. And uh, Eric, that's awesome, man. What you've been doing with the Lighthouse for so many years. Thanks for what you're doing, and those kids, I'm sure, are super thankful, and and vice versa. I mean, you're you're thankful to be uh, be able to to be around kids like that, influence and help them thrive and strive. Where can folks find out more if they want to donate to the Lighthouse, donate to to your foundation? Where where's a, a website or do they is it Twitter is it uh, Facebook? I mean, where where can folks get more info on the event? Obviously, uh, the charity basketball game, but also uh, if they want to do something around the holidays. So the lighthouse is located there in Lincoln, Nebraska. I think it's Twenty Seventh and N Street. Yep. Um, I don't uh, know the exact address, of mm-hmm. it, but I want to say Twenty Seven Hundred One N Street. Um, and uh, the website is the Lighthouse Lincoln, Nebraska. Um, they're on every outlet of social media, as far as uh, Twitter, uh, Facebook, and and uh, Instagram. Instagram mm-hmm. uh, at the Lighthouse Lincoln, Nebraska. Um, my foundation is—I don't have an actual foundation itself because I work so much with the Lighthouse. Sure. Gotcha. Uh, and so everything is—I don't. I have anybody give me any cash. They'll write any checks to me. Everything goes directly towards the lighthouse. No, that's, that's a uh, headache I do not want to deal with. That's no worries, um, man. <laughs> so yeah, everything towards the lighthouse, and and uh, you can Google it. You can get on any social media outlet to to find them. And usually during the holidays, when we do our event, I post. Uh, now because of COVID in the last couple of years, I haven't done anything with the with the lighthouse. So we're getting back on track this year with the golf event to help raise money and get things rolling again. Well, that's awesome. Eric Warfield's with us, standout Husker, Chief, Patriot, and uh, his work with the Lighthouse, Hale Varsity Radio. Uh, When we talk about inspiration, Eric, you had a really cool moment yesterday that was released on social media, and uh, that was uh, Coach Osborne, your head coach, and uh, T.O., uh, got in front of the team. This was released by Coach Frost in the Nebraska social media. Uh, words of motivation. Uh, Coach Osborne, just he always has had a knack for A, being right with uh, what's going to happen, like predicting the future, right? But also yes. being able to to motivate. And it was really cool um, with um, just, you know, are you putting the work in? Are you uh, able to to take that talent you have and excel. Uh, I don't know if you saw the video or not, but what, what was it like for you? And do you remember moments with, with Coach Osborne when he was able to motivate you and, and or your team? So, you know, Coach Osborne came to, to my high school, uh, obviously, when, during recruiting time. And, Chris, I didn't know he was coming that weekend. And he stepped in through the door of uh, basketball season. Now he came during football season and watched me play a, uh, a game, and I I had gotten wind that he had showed that that he was coming for that weekend. But when he came to the basketball game, I didn't know he was coming, and so when he walked in, uh, some of the older elders uh, knew who he was, and the whole place just lit up. Mm. And I didn't know it. I thought it was because I was playing pretty good basketball. Thought it was I thought you I was getting the crowd riled up. <laughs> That's <laughs> it was awesome. So Osborne that had stepped in the door. And um, so obviously he had made an impact uh, on the game of, of football already by this point, mm-hmm. and everybody knew who he was. And uh, the thing that he brought to the game uh, as, as far as, like, motivation, uh, a, a guidance for a lot of us that didn't have 
uh, two parents at home. Uh, like I said, I was raised by a single parent, my mom. Uh, so just having someone like him to take the time out to get to know me as an individual outside of football uh, meant a lot to me because I didn't have a dad growing up. I had uncles and, uh, you know, male figures around that, that could give me little advice here and there, uh, but nothing like Coach Osborne. And so I wish that the kids nowadays knew exactly who he was. I wish he was, um, you know, able to be there weekly to talk to these kids so that they can see, you know, what he brings to the game of football and to their lives, uh, you know, as a coach and as a, as a, as a father figure for some of those that, that, that don't have it. So it was more so <clears throat> to where with Coach Osborne, it was like being being around your grandparents. So your grandparents are the one person, the, the 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 group of people that you do not want to disappoint at any cost. You know, and you can go out and 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 get reprimanded by your mom, and, and you think it's okay. You know, she's just being silly, or your dad, and say the mm-hmm. same thing. But you never want to disappoint disappoint your grandparents, and they always try to give you that best advice. And that's kind of what what Coach Osborne, uh, what he kind of symbolized, because we knew what greatness he brought to the team as a coach. Because you saw it within every coach that was on the team, you saw it within the practice, you saw it within how he ran the organization. The guy never had a had, he never yelled at anyone. He always had a specific point that he wanted to get across, and he got that across to you without yelling at you. Uh, he coached in a special way to where he inspired you. He want he, he brought the best out of you, even though you may not have been the best athlete. Uh, on the team or in high school, he brought the best out of you when you got to that program. And I just, you know, for 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 how people compare the the best college football teams mm-hmm. to ever play, and they say that that 2001 Miami team had so many greats that played in the NFL and had tremendous careers, of which they did. Uh, I still don't see the comparison of them to us to what we had, and we didn't have those high-caliber, big-name guys like they did. But that's what Coach Osborne brought out of these little young high school knuckleheads that he gathered from all across the USA. And we, you know, produced championships after championships because that's what we had that was running the help, that, that was running the ship of our team. And so he, yeah, he was able to do that. And and I, like I said, I just wish the kids nowadays because they weren't even born with the times we were winning. They weren't born in the time when Coach Osborne was doing this coaching. So I just wish that they had an opportunity to really hear and to really see with this man in action. You know, and it's great to that he can go in to the meeting and speak to them and give them a piece of his mind and, and, and to show what he's done and who he is. Uh, but I just wish that they could see the full realm of who he is. Eric Warfield's with us, Hale Varsity Radio. We're kind of recapping uh, Coach Osborne, uh, the video that came out on Twitter, uh, Words of Motivation. Uh, you know, and uh, several points touched on with that four-minute video. And when it came to, to paying the price, I know you and your teammates did extra. Eric, you guys won. You had NFL talent. But when it comes down to it, why do you think you guys won so much? Is it because you had that talent or you had the attitude slash mindset or because you had the coaching, I think there's a all of the above, probably. I agree, 100. percent It's all of the above, and it's it's just a, a, a you know, is what the coaches and, and Coach Osborne brought to the 
to the players. And so, yeah, it was, it was a toughness and an attitude. You know, our practices, and for us being as good as we were back then, majority of the season, the best competition that we got was that practice, having to go up against each other. And I'm not trying to, you know, knock any other uh, football team that we beat during those years mm-hmm. or that we played during those years to say that they weren't that good. But the 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 best talent or the best, the hardest work that we got was in practice against each other for some of those games. And yeah, we had some great matchups with, with, with some teams. Um, you know, and I, like I said, to take nothing away from them. But the, the attitude that, that we had at practice, that we wanted to be the best um, and that we had to prove that we were the best year after year because we thought, heck, every year we knew we had the best coach, we knew we had the best staff, and we thought we had the best team. So uh, after that, it was just going out and proving it. But that's what the University of Nebraska provided us. They provided everything that we needed to be the best, nutrition-wise, uh, the in the weight room-wise, uh, classroom-wise, it it was just up to us as kids to go out and perform then. Eric Warfield's with us, Hale Varsity Radio, uh, touching on his time at Nebraska. Eric, want to look at uh, some some NFL thoughts uh, in just a second, but you're a college football fan. You watch. You make it back to Lincoln for a few games. What's your take here on, on expansion here? of the uh, the playoff going from 4 to 12 do you like it do you think 8 is the better number do you like 4 and if and when they expand and it sounds like 2023 uh does that mean listen uh Nebraska's got a a shot I know Nebraska's got a ways to go but uh they could make a jump here if things get on track to to be knocking on that playoff door coming out of the Big 10 what's your takeaway here with what tweaks are going on here postseason so the thing that I've learned about sports, and not just to you know use this the the, the name of this movie uh, to pertain to NFL, but any given Sunday, which means any team has any has a chance to win on any given day. <laughs> sure. And I think that by expanding it, it gives every other every other team an opportunity. You know, just because you're voted uh, at this high ranking number at the end of the year with the top four teams and having that that fourth team playoff. Uh, go in with it's just like the NCAA. You know, you have some mm-hmm. uh, uh, what do they call those Cinderella teams to come out of nowhere, and I and I love that that idea of of, of expansion. Uh, so much happens with football. You know, we complain because we think that it is not the same as what we knew growing up. Mm-hmm. Growing up, uh, you know, they're calling you know for targeting certain hits, uh, certain plays. We think it's an offensive game nowadays because. It's so catered to the offense, but whatever they change with it, we still love the game of football. No matter uh, how they tweak it, what they want to call it, you know, if they throw uh, apples and oranges out there to, for us to toss it around, we're still going to love that game. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, adding and expanding uh, teams and, and, and playoff, I'm I'm for it. Uh, you know, heck, if I can make football year round, I. I I'd love to watch it year-round, but I understand what that does mm-hmm. to the body and the mind of individuals. So um, I'm all for it, Chris. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, if you want to add the extra extra playoff teams, I, I, like I said, let's do it and uh, give these other teams a, a chance to, to prove uh, that they're uh, willing to – I think that 
it, it would help a team like the UCF that you know that mm-hmm. that were left out and that you know they went undefeated that year and thought that you know they they could have beaten uh, I think it was Alabama that, that that had a loss that year mm-hmm. and ended up winning it all. So it gives those teams a chance. Now, granted, um, but we don't we don't know <laughs> based on university size. Uh, player-wise and, and whatever else that if, if if those teams are able to keep up, but you give them a chance and let them prove themselves. So, but uh, I, with the expansion, it, it does. Let's uh, talk Tyreek Johnson, uh, five-star transfer from Ohio State, going to be in that Nebraska secondary. Eric, you know who wanted him. Uh, you know that Ohio State was pretty loaded in the secondary, and uh, you know that Coach Fisher's got a really nice defensive backfield where he cross-trains his guys' safety and corner. You know, what's this do for the Big Red in the secondary? Already a good secondary, we felt like, going into 2021. I like it. He's, he has great size, uh, you know, highly looked out and, and, you know, played with an Ohio team that was really, really good. I mean, yeah, they have produced some really, really good uh, secondary guys, so – uh, you know, hopefully it can beef up the, our secondary and beef up our defense so where, uh, you know, we're more competitive on that defensive side. So um, I, I like it. It's just a matter of what he can do once he gets there. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it it all looks good on paper so far. Uh, but when it comes down to it, it's, it's what can you do on, on, on Saturdays uh, for us as a team. So, um, but right as of now, um, I love the pick, you know, you know the the transfer, and um, you know hopefully we got. Uh, I just when it comes to secondary, I, I love the guys when they're when they're big, tall, six mm-hmm. plus, great. But overall, my thing is the front seven. If the front seven can't produce any pressure, you know you as a DB aren't going to be what you're sought out to be. That's very fair. That's that's uh, you know. Priority number one or 1A is to, to get after the quarterback and a lot of guys back for that Nebraska Blackshirt defense. Eric Warfield's with us, Hale Varsity Radio. Uh, Eric, uh, last thought here. We were talking about this uh, a while back, but I want to get into your NFL career. W- was it Randy Moss and then like everybody else when it came to just got the greats you, you had to defend who are some of the guys you, you defended that that you enjoyed defending, or maybe didn't enjoy defending? But man, that was a that was a cool experience to at least get to do it. We talked about, and this was a few weeks back, where you had a, an NFL pundit say maybe the best deep threat ever, the cheetah, uh, Tyreek Hill. Well, the world said no, it's it's Randy Moss, and yeah. I know you went against Randy quite a few times when he was in Oakland. Yeah. So I actually more than a few times. Uh, our training camp was in River Falls, Wisconsin, and okay. so this was, we were 30, 20, 20, 30 minutes from where the Vikings oh, had practiced okay. at, and so we practiced against them every year at training camp. So I got to see Randy a lot. Uh, the good thing about my career was that I played against a lot of those big name guys, uh, some a lot of Hall of Famers, and I played well. Now my thing, Chris, was that I, I get up against some guys that weren't the the biggest names, uh, weren't the standout all Pro Bowl players, mm-hmm. and at times, you know, I play really well during the game, and all of a sudden I, they catch me sleeping because I never think it's going to come my way. 
and, and, and I get caught with the, you know, either some deep pass or, or, or touchdown. So, uh, you know, I'm not ashamed to admit that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, when I went to, uh, up against a lot of the big name guys, you know, the Terrell Owens, uh, Torrey Hope, uh, Isaac Bruce, and uh, Chad Ochocinco, uh, you know, now granted, uh, the battles were a little intense and more when we went up against Marvin Harrison and, and um, uh, Reggie Wayne. Um, but I never really guarded Reggie Wayne. I was mostly on Marvin Harrison. And so, yeah, I, I had some, some, tr- some troubles with the, the little small guys. Uh, but other than that, I, I enjoyed my battles with uh, Ocho Cinco and, and Terrell Owens and, and Randy Moss, Tory Holt. Uh, those guys were, were they're, they're all pro bowlers. And uh, my, my challenges up against them, I, I, I balled out, you know. I, I don't think I gave up any touchdowns to either one of those guys. What was uh, – who was the, the biggest talker? And, and who did you have uh, probably the best relationship with, like mutual respect? Mutual respect came with Rod Smith, you know, but he's from my hometown, same high school. Gotcha. So it, was, uh, it, was, it was a joy to go out there and play up against him. because It was, I mean, it was competitive every play. But it was a, a friendly competition to where it's like, you know, Rod was Rod is good. I think Rod has Hall of Fame numbers, probably should be there one day. Uh, you know, I know he's in the Broncos um, Hall of Fame and Ring of Honor. But, uh, yeah, he definitely has uh, uh, Hall of Fame numbers to, to get him. He's one of those unsung heroes. Eric Warfield's with us, Hale Varsity Radio. Eric, uh, congrats on, on what you're doing with the Lighthouse. Thanks for talking some some T.O.s, some Huskers, and, of course, some NFL. And we'll get caught up uh, again soon. And always love your insight, man. Appreciate it, man. The Hale Varsity Radio Saturday Morning Show, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Strap yourselves in. Here are your hosts, Chris Schmidt. Y'all don't even know he was a virgin until he's 28, and now, roll tide. And Mark Cranach. Time has come for someone to put his foot down. And that foot is me. Back into it, it's Hour 2, Weekend Edition, Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery, Chris Schmidt, Mark Cranach, Elijah Herbal. Welcome in, managing editor with HaleVarsity.com and magazine. You follow him on Twitter at Brandon L. Vogel and get his book with John Cook, Dream Like a Champion. We say hi to Brandon Vogel. Vogues, how's your Saturday? How's the little man? What's going on? Oh, Saturday's good. The little man is uh, asleep for now, so no complaints on that front. And uh, other than that, that's about all, all that's going on. Supposed to be pretty nice here today. College World Series starts. I'll be uh, watching from afar. It is uh, rolling in this morning, just perfect sunshine, 70, and then it's going to get steamy. Uh, Elijah will be on site for, for opening game action at the CWS tonight or for today for uh, NC State and Stanford. So it is Father's Day weekend, and. Um, a Vogues, do you expect to get hosed when it comes to you know the the, the first Father's Day gift? Just do it due to the fact <laughs> Junior can't can't jump online yet, nor do you something. 
Yeah, I've, I've kind of prepared myself for that. So uh, we'll see. I'll, I'll give him a year to get his to get his crap together. But better come strong next year. That's when the it's, it's like year one of it's like year one in a coaching hire. You know, you kind of get you, you get a, you get a little bit of a free roll in year one. But by year two, there better be progress. I love yeah, it. You might need 25 years to get this crap together. <laughs> At least. Uh, well, pretty... people do say expectations are a little unfair around here. So. Well, that, yeah, that's that's where I want to go. And, and I want to kind of hone in on the Big Red Blitz. One, what's your what's your reaction? What's your take? And, and I maybe I'm just an idiot, but I just always expect – massive crowds at Husker events, okay? And and th- that wasn't the case. It, it a lot of different stops, and I know it was noon, I know it was 1,000 degrees, and I know it was middle of the week. So I, I get the the math of, of folks trying to get off of work, but I also understand the climate, and I think that climate can be reversed real quickly with a, with a good football season, and they have a chance to do that. But, man... Vogues, your takeaway with with some of the numbers, you have a, a banquet hall that's going to seat 500 and you got around 100, maybe, uh, in, in a spot like Carney. Yeah, definitely not the turnout I think uh, anyone wanted to see. I'm not fully, it's not a, it's not a five alarm fire yet by any means. Uh, in fact, it's not even, not even close to that. But it does give you a little bit of pause just because, like you said, we're so used to, like, you, you host event, tons of people sh- show up. And, you know, and Frost mentioned it. I, I don't remember if it was, I think it was in Carney, you know, talking about, like, oh, it tells me I need to win, which was, was funny. Uh, you're not used to hearing a coach say that even in, in jest, but everyone knows that those are the stakes, right, um, right now. So you've had you know, three seasons of, of Nebraska football where they, they haven't quite gotten off to the, the start anyone hoped. And then just people in their homes for the better part of a year. Um, and, and it's not that anybody learned, oh, you know what, I really don't care as much as I thought I did. It's just that things are still strange. People are still figuring it out in, in a lot of facets. So I think that's part of it, too. I, I do think a fast or strong start to the 2021 season would really help. Like you're going to, you're going to, you're going to have a sellout and a capacity crowd for that Fordham game because it's going to be the first chance people have to get back to a normal Husker game day. Um, what happens before that game and, and then the, the weeks after, I think will tell a lot about, Oh, does this, the sentiment, you know, the kind of, eh, here or there uh, sentiment we saw via crowd size, does that linger or is it gone and just caught up in the excitement of a new season? Yeah, Brandon Vogel with us on Hale Varsity Radio. You, you know, you think back to some of the cratering seasons like 07, 2017, and you didn't entirely see them coming, <laughs> right? Um, you were bringing enough people back and all that. Um, are we missing signs right now? Like just – I'm being negative here for a second, but just go with me. <laughs> Don't be uh, negative. But, but, but listen, I mean, really, like, right? Like, the offense that obviously, you know, just completely wandering and stubbing their own toe and hurting themselves last year. Um, ridiculous amount of, of transfers and player attrition with some key names at key positions. Um, you know, the win-loss record, obviously, just not being able to break through. Uh, 
right? Like, are the signs all there? Now you have waning fan interest, in, you know, at, at stops um, all along the state. I don't know. Are, are we just like, are, are we missing the fact that all this stuff is actually happening and the season is not setting up for, not setting up very well? Or is it not? Uh, I don't know. Everything's getting fixed, and we'll start to see it this year. Yeah, well, I, I'm not in a spot to say everything is is getting fixed yet. Um, and i I think I think the natural tendency with an off season is to is to kind of overlook some of those things, or um, you know, <laughs> choose choose the most favorable outcome or the outcome you want to see, which is okay. Let's use Wando Robinson as an example. It'd be like, ah, oh, he's he's a good player. You know, played hard all every all the time he was out there and did a lot of things for Nebraska, but. Oh, they've got player X and player Y, and I'm excited to see player Z, and it, it'll be okay. You know, it, it, a loss of that magnitude just tends to get minimized most years, I think. But but I think you're right, um, just because nobody knows what to do with 2020, and that's for any team in the country. Like, whether it was good, whether it was bad for your team, do you kind of put an asterisk by it um, because some of the things you're talking about, Mark, I think like if you just look at Nebraska's returning production on offense and and some of the guys that they mentioned, as you said, they're kind of key losses in in a couple instances, it would be, it would be a profile where you'd say, well, the offense is probably going to take a a slight step back or be pretty close to the same. Uh, Now I kind of look at this and, and, it's a little bit of perception too, you know. I'm, I think Nebraska's win total is right around six most places, and and that feels about right. And I think they could be at six even with an offense that didn't like take a massive massive jump in in terms of its overall numbers, because six is kind of closer to where they they've been. You know, they've they've been about a game behind. In, in most of these seasons and what you'd expect the team to to win based on how much they scored and some of the other things they did. So that might be it too. It might be you're not taking a huge jump, but you're just kind of getting back to even from, from what you'd actually earned in some previous seasons. Brandon Vogels with us, Hale Varsity Radio. Vogels, let's, let's walk down this hypothetical path for two more seconds. Say say they, they get to six, they get to a bowl game, wonderful, right? And say they look better doing it, but they're just maybe still a year away. And I know folks have, are sick of the Chicago Cubs, wait till next year. I, I get it. But if they look better, if they look like they've been coached, because I think the coaches have been trying to coach the kids, and I think the kids are trying to do the best, but it, it hasn't been on the same page. With uh, with penalties and, and turnovers and false starts and and, uh, and all that stuff, say they they go down swinging uh, in similar fashion, one score possessions. Those always rip your heart out. But say it's it's a clean game. Th- does that lighten the mood a little bit? You're still ticked off, and and it sucks if you're a Nebraska fan. If Nebraska's six and six, and you still fall to a Purdue or a Minnesota or a Northwestern or you're in your own way against Illinois, right? But but say there's a little bit of, of 2018 flavor to to 2021 where they are getting better, and and it's just it's still a year away with this schedule. I I think that would I think that would ultimately 
be okay. And it's, it's kind of the, the base expectation for me for, for this year is you probably need to, and, and I don't go into many seasons feeling this way, but mm-hmm. when you haven't been to a bowl game since 2016, like getting to six is pretty important. Um, so getting some sort of postseason play, I, I, you just, you need that. But even if it's, six and six until you go to a bowl game and win at seven and six, that might change things a little bit. But at that point you've kind of said, okay, well, here's, here's progress. Uh, we, we had a 500 record at least maybe a winning record. Um, and that would be okay. But I still think once we got into, you know, January, February, March of 2022, there would be a lot of unease still because you're probably going to be starting a new quarterback. I mean, Adrian can come back if he wants to, um, but you know, I, I don't know if I would, I don't, I, I personally don't think that's the most likely outcome for 2022. Now a lot of things can change before that. And it's just a lot of time on campus. So um, you'd have that uh, you'd be losing quite a bit on the defensive side of things. So it's, it's interesting when you kind of look at this in a, in a two year chunk. Yes. I think, a, you know, progress this year would be enough to to put some people at ease for a little bit but once you get into the offseason and start digging into okay what's 2022 look like Nebraska could have some some pretty heavy heavy losses I, I mean I think in terms of returning production almost mm-hmm. certain certainly they'll be worse off than they are going into this year hmm. Brandon Vogel with us on on Hale Varsity Radio okay now let's go back let's spin back to the positive all this said um, you know, the, the problems are pretty clear at this point. People are kind of fed up. People just want to see W's. But there are some macro things going on that I think for the longest time, Nebraska did not have sort of external factors in their favor, whether that be the, the distribution of, of scholarships being, um, being reduced, the expansion of more people being on television, the Loss of Prop 48, the, you know, like... Uh, There's no the, border the around your visit, state. <laughs> right, re- recruiting visit rules and all that stuff. I, I just think they had a lot of stuff that did not necessarily benefit Nebraska. Well, now, you got the playoff expansion. Could be happening as soon as 2023, right? That's good. That benefits pretty much everybody that's not Clemson, Bama, Georgia, Oklahoma. And then, two, you have Nebraska's facility... That's going to be opening up in and around that time, which should vault them to kind of the top of the facilities race for a time being. And you could you could capitalize recruiting wise there. Then you have name image likeness. And Nebraska is the clear pioneer there with a clear connection to Open Doors, which is been out in front of this whole thing uh, the whole time. So you have a you, I mean, you, right, like you have these macro things going in your favor now. Um, will Frost and crew be the ones to realize the benefits of that, right? Like, will they be the ones? <laughs> and it kind of depends on what they do this year and next year, right? Yeah. Yeah, it does. Ask, ask me in December, I'll have a much better idea. Um, but <laughs> I, I, I think so. Um, I, I do think Nebraska is going to, you know, do enough in 2021 where we get to the end of the year and it's, it, we're kind of in that, okay, that was, that was better. I can feel better about going forward. And then, you know, you'll, you'll wake up and have coffee and say, Oh wow, but they're losing 45% of their tackles from, from the previous year. Or at least I will do that. Um, mm-hmm. But 
so yeah, yeah, I, I do think this this staff is going to get enough figured out to be able to reap the benefits of that. I know, you know, internally in the athletic department that, that they have a lot stakes to being on the forefront of, of NIL and, and for good reason. Um, I mean, it's even been put in terms of some of the things you mentioned, you know, uh, more TV games for all teams across the country, reduction in scholarships, those things that have traditionally kind of set when we, when we try to go back and recreate, you know, why isn't Nebraska football what it once was, those things come up a lot. Um, name image likeness occasionally gets pitched as, well, maybe this can be one that does that does benefit Nebraska because they're able to jump right in here in a couple of weeks. Uh, it was it was interesting to see, you know, a lot of Nebraska players kind of start putting out. Well, they they put a lot of players across the country put out the the same message, basically saying like, "Open for business. I'm here. DM <laughs> me if you want to talk through a potential partnership." Like, it's gonna be it's gonna be the Wild West for for a little bit, and it's it's one of those things where I do think. Being one of the first in is is an advantage, but I, you know, sort of similar to the talk we were having about the quote unquote negative parts of Nebraska football. You do have to give pause and be like, or is, are is Florida and Nebraska and the four other states that that are going to be able to do this right away? Are they the ones that are going to have to climb the steep part of the learning curve? And all these other states are going to get in pretty quickly and and benefit from all this kind of experience and, and what those schools learn through this period, because it's, it's going to be strange. I don't think anyone involved fully knows how this is going to work. It even what's kind of above board and what's not. Brandon, do you think that with open doors being founded by Adi Kunalik and Blake Lawrence, both Nebraska graduates and the fact that it's headquartered here in Lincoln, do you think that even gives Nebraska an extra advantage over other schools who are also utilizing open doors and name image and likeness and all that? But just because of the Nebraska connection, do you think Nebraska is, is going to get almost preferential treatment from open doors or do, or do you think it's still going to be pretty, uh, pretty even for everyone in the country uh, from like the treatment from open doors? I, I think it'll be pretty pretty even. I think you saw that benefit in Nebraska being one of the first school. You know, who knows when various things were officially signed, but the first big rollout for for a school to partner with a company like Open Doors was was Nebraska, and I, I think you saw it there. You know, from a from an open doors perspective or any company's perspective, uh, you're diminishing your ability to, to, to make money. If you, you sign up Ohio state and, and then two years later, they're like, yeah, it was good, but it sure seemed like, uh, anytime something new got rolled out, it went to Nebraska first. So I, I think it'll be pretty, pretty equal across the board on that front. Brandon Vogels with us, hailvarsity.com and magazine managing editor, Vogues, uh, give us a prediction here with the College World Series. You, you know, Vandy, you know, Tennessee. We are sad that our dear friend Mike Eckler, Coach Eckler of Tennessee, will not be in uh, in Omaha. Uh, they've got camps going on. That that sucks. We were going to have a cocktail with him. But uh, you, you had other, um, other kind of favorites, champions in the field. Are you able to, to circle one team that will uh, dogpile uh, in Omaha? Yeah, if, if, if I had if I had to pick one, I, I'm I'm leaning Vanderbilt. Um, you know, I, I catch them on TV occasionally, and they're just steady. Um, and, and they've got their crazy reverse pinstripe uniforms. Um, man, they love pinstripes. 
So, yeah, I'll, I'll go with Vandy. I've, I've honestly spent more time looking at this College World Series shield and, and trying to decide which one is going to have the best football season ah. uh, in, in 2021. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, it's an interesting group. There's no, like, home run there. And I, I want to pick Mississippi State, but, but I'm afraid, uh, based on what I know about football at least, that it might be Texas. Well... I know this. It's time for Stanford to start winning ball games again. <laughs> it's not going to be Arizona football. I, I feel confident about that. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't disagree there. Arizona football, man. The old desert swarm is oh, decades geez. ago. You know. Well, Vogue, you have a good weekend. Uh, give the little man a fist pound and have a good Father's Day, bud. You too, guys. Happy Father's Day. All right. There he is. Thanks. Brandon Vogel Thanks, with Brandon. us at Hale Varsity. Uh, good to hear from him. And uh, that's a good take. What what CWS team is going to have the best football season? Let's see. We got NC State. We got Vandy. We got Tennessee. Stanford, Texas, Tennessee, uh, Arizona, Mississippi State. And then what is it? Is it? Baptist? Did they get in? Were they no. the eighth that got in? Virginia, I they think. Didn't get in. Virginia. Virginia. Thank With you. Bronco Mendenhall is their coach. The old BYU coach when the Hail Mary happened. So it ain't going to be Virginia. It ain't going to be... I think I think Virginia's at six and six. I think Tennessee's... Tennessee, see, man, they've stockpiled enough talent that oh, yeah. it feels mm-hmm. like they can break through and at some point. Then it leaves. <laughs> <laughs> then yeah, their linebacking you know. core transfers to Alabama. <laughs> Vandy, you can't take seriously in football. No, they got a new coach. Uh, David Shaw, Stanford, right? I mean, you really just got to take down Oregon and Washington in the Pac-12, don't I, you? I mean, they have a potential top 10 pick at quarterback, don't they? Well, they're supposed to every year. Okay. You know, you want to talk about the uh, Andrew Luck effect a decade later. <laughs> Do we think Sarkeesian's going to be like... I think a net plus for for Texas. I think Sark will have the ability to put a lot of points up, which you need in the Big Twelve. We'll just see where the cupboard's at because I don't think Herman was a fool when it came to recruiting. Texas just no. just hasn't had Vince Young or Howdy Doody at quarterback for a while. I mean, they just have it. If, if you're smart at Texas, you get. A hell of a running back and, and an offensive line and a killer defense. <laughs> I don't know a ton about NC State, but why do I low-key think it would be NC State that's slated to have a, well, because a solid year? Well, because of your obsession still with Tim Beck. I, I love him. I know. Good hair, sunglasses. I'm take that poster off. I'd like wall. to make an amendment. It's uh, time. Stanford does not have a quarterback who's going to be a top five pick this year. I was thinking of uh, Slovis from USC. Right. Yeah. Same state. Same. Same state. Same team colors. Kind of like just just different. You think I follow the well, Pac-12? They're, they're, their reds are a little different there. I mean, <laughs> one, one's cardinal and one is and there's red. no yellow. <laughs> one's a little more burgundy, a little brighter. Yeah. Color theory. Pac-12 is just irrelevant at this point. I don't follow it. Uh, hey, they uh, they got a new lease on life with this playoff expansion. It's true. Well, uh, we'll check in with the Iron Horse. Gary Sharp's on the way. It's Hale Varsity Weekend presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Glad to have you back. Yes, sir. You heard me right. Here are the guys, Schmidt and Cranach. Well, Hector, here's the game plan. You're going to bring us two absolute martinis. You know how I like them straight up. And then precisely seven and one half minutes after that, you're going to bring us two more. Then 
two more after that every five minutes until one of us passes out. Excellent strategy, sir. Maybe a little early for martinis, but a red beer, Bloody Mary, tailgates, maybe starting to proceed with the grill getting turned on. Tailgating College World Series, we welcome in the Iron Horse, Gary Sharp. Hail Varsity Radio Weekend. Sharpie, I'm sure you got the eye black on, ready for baseball, bud. How are you? Good. It's, uh, you know, so it's a big day for Omaha. The College World Series is uh, back. The weather is not 105. Uh, uh, it's an interesting field. It should be a lot of fun. But most importantly, when the first pitch goes at uh, a little after one today, it'll be 770 days, I believe. And it's 700 plus days since we last had the College World Series. That's a that's a while, man. Uh, will it will it be uh, another seven hundred plus days before Scott Frost gets sniped out in the media? <laughs> uh, wow! You know, when you're twelve and twenty, everything you say, whether you say the sky is actually blue or not, is going to be picked apart. Um, you know, I didn't have a problem with what he said the other day. There's sometimes where Scott is, uh, you know, he holds grudges and he'll he'll. Tell you something without telling you something, and I think that was the case. But for the most part, what he said about the transfer portal and what it's doing to his sport uh, was spot on. He's just twelve and twenty. If he's twenty and twelve and says the same thing, I don't think people get up upset. And I'm wondering if the McCaffrey brothers were more upset at a tweet or the actual context of what was said. You know, we've come to, mm. we've come to get that kind of drama that sometimes is self-inflicted and then sometimes is, is produced. But I, I, was, I was more interested in the shift on the national people. You know, when Scott got the job coming off Central Florida, we saw the national people roll through Lincoln and write all kinds of stories. And, you know, for, uh, with the national media, it appears that Scott has had a really good relationship. But I, I, that's kind of like his comment was August when he wanted – Nebraska to play football and the Big Ten to play football, and all of a sudden these national people have kind of turned against Scott. But again, when you're 12 and 20, everything you say is going to be picked apart until you start to win. And Gary, we were talking about that with Brandon. Are are do we do we have our head in the sand? Are we are we heading into an 07 or a 2017 season? Where maybe people just didn't want to believe the signs, and then you had a cratering type of season. Are we? We're not heading into that, are we? Well, I, I don't think so. Um, but we don't know. There, there is a, there's a lot that we think we know about this team, guys. But we don't know. I mean, they're kind of a mystery team that is going to take more than one or two guys. They will be six and six or seven and five if there's an abundance of those guys that are in that category. And normally we don't have that. I, it, it's, there is no doubt that Nebraska football in a while is going to play the most important game they've played when they open up at about nine Saturdays, or they're coming up on the most important season. I have, I've said from the jump, when they walk off the field against Iowa on Black Friday, there is no, there's no gray. It's either black or white. This program's moving forward, or this program is in trouble, and you've got to look and see how to fix it. But I don't know. It's... It's a weird feeling. I, like, I, I feel 6-6 six and six is very much attainable, and a bounce of the ball here or there, I would go up to 7, then down to 5. Gary, hmm. just would you consider this a, a make-or-break season for Scott Frost and, and his future at Nebraska? Nope. And I, and I say that because of who he is 
and the athletic director and Scott and I, this is what would happen. If if things don't go well. Now, if they make a bowl game and you feel momentum, um, you can look at the youth in the program. I I think if they make a bowl game, you you can sell people like, okay, now we've kind of turned the corner. We're making progress. Um, You have to ask your question. You have to ask yourself a question. If this flips, do you feel like it'll flip and it'll stay there? That's the question. You can't have, okay, whew, we made a bowl game, and then you, you take a step back and you go 4-8 and eight or 5-7. and uh, seven. I think if you have a poor season where you're not in a bowl game, which stretches that string where Nebraska hasn't been to a bowl game since 16, the head coach isn't going anywhere, but he would have to make – he gets that one get-out-of-jail-free card where you make changes on your staff. Brandon Vogel uh, was with us earlier. Gary Sharp with us now. Brandon Vogel is a good man. Uh, yes. And so to, to your point, when, when we go down this road, someone slap me. Apologies. But Sharpie, you're right on with the, the, the flipping part. Is it... Is it, you know, we, we've heard coaches say when it turns, it's going to turn and it'll happen, it'll pop, and then, you know, it's downhill in a good way, right? But uh, you can have one, but can you stack uh, successful seasons? Obviously, that's the hope. And I want to kind of focus on what Nebraska has been doing from a recruiting standpoint. Uh, your read and takeaway. On, on how camps have been going, specifically, you know, with what you saw with Riola's uh, son last night at Friday Night Lights. Nebraska's been, uh, I, I don't want I don't, I don't to say overly selective, but they've been uh, pretty pretty different with, with the, the, the fit they're looking for, at least uh, when we look at stars versus uh, maybe some lower-profile guys. They've, they've been on some kids pretty early here the, the last couple of uh of sessions it sounds like well this is so this is why i'm i'm kind of optimistic mm-hmm. about this flipping and there's momentum moving forward because i think I, first and foremost i think there are guys on that staff including the head coach that have been humbled by the first three years and humbled by the big 10 that nebraska is a ways away from teams in their own division on how to build a roster how to churn the roster, and how to move the roster forward. And you've kind of seen that in the way they've recruited the last year and a half with the kind of body types at different position groups. Um, you know, I, I think what also they did is they went and said, okay, moving forward, Nebraska is still a national brand, but where we're at today, we can reach for the stars, but let's find guys that are more on the fit side than these fancy stars. And I think you've seen that. They've identified guys pretty quick in this recruiting class, and they've got on them, and they've made them a priority. And, you know, it's not like a class right now that makes you go, whoa. But I think for Nebraska's needs, it's probably in the position groups and not knowing what the numbers are going to be for this upcoming class. I think it fits a need. And that's kind of where Nebraska might be right now is, hey, we don't need to be all sexy. We just need to be something with a fit and then move the program um, forward because you know if you look at guys that are already in the class how many of those guys would you say boom they're automatically in my super six there's no more discussion i don't care who else is joining the class they're in the super six but for nebraska's needs it probably is a good start to this class and it's been a good month in the 
the amount of players and the kind of players they've had on campus. Now they just have to close the deal. Uh, Brandon Vogel is a, is a good human being, and he was with us earlier. And You are always jumping on the grenade for me. Gary <laughs> Sharp is also a good human being and is now with us. Uh, just kidding. Still with us. Uh, I'm just kidding. Um, now, we, we, we talked about this last segment, too. I just want to get your take. At the same time all this is happening, there's a lot of macro stuff going on that is – it feels like the pendulum is swinging back and Nebraska is going to have some 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 tailwinds, actually. Right. Uh, you're going to have name image likeness coming alive. Nebraska's among probably 10 schools in, in America that could really capitalize on that. You got the new facility coming. 2023 probably is when the playoffs expand. Uh, all, all of a sudden, it just seems like Nebraska's got like some really good stuff that they necessarily they can't really control, but just kind of the way the environment's um, happening around them. That's a lot of stuff Nebraska could capitalize on to get better recruits to, you know, a- attract a different caliber of player, et cetera. Do, do, do you see Nebraska actually taking advantage of that? And is this the staff that can do it? Uh, I, I think it's the staff that can do it. And I, I think yeah, you, you can't even ask the question, is it the staff? You have to be the staff moving forward. You have to be a coach in college athletics that embraces name, image, likeness, even though privately you're like, oh, my gosh, what's going to happen? Um, because that's where we're going. Look at, look at players' tweets yesterday soliciting opportunities. Hey, slide into my DMs. Now, Nebraska, like some other really, really smart athletic departments, have partnered with Open Doors, you know, a local company that is going to be that third party that helps the student-athletes in terms of their opportunities. Um, but we're two weeks away, and there's so much confusion because of what the NCAA is doing, and, and, and kind of the laws are different from state to state. You know, we don't know what's going to happen, but certainly for Nebraska, in this state and not a super large city, Lincoln. Lincoln is not, you know, a, a million-plus uh, market. Uh, it's going to be very beneficial to Nebraska, and we've seen it. I mean, guys, they were asking people on the Big Red Blitz on Wednesday to start following student-athletes. They're promoting it in their social media. They're telling kids when they're on campus and recruiting, hey, I just, we're going to give you a little tutorial on name, image, likeness, and we believe that being a football player at the University of Nebraska or a student-athlete at the University of Nebraska, this is what you can do. So it's here. You can embrace it. And I think Nebraska can use that to their advantage because the one thing that Nebraska right now, and when you're, when you're struggling on the football field, you're looking for advantages. The one thing Nebraska still has above a lot of programs, a lot of like programs, is the fans. They are unique. They can sell the fans and the fans' passion for the players. Just listen to kids that, re, uh, that don't really know much about Nebraska that are committing. They'll talk about the fans, and that's something Nebraska is using, and they will continue to use to help their student-athletes make as much money as possible in name, image, likeness. Sharpie, what's your takeaway? Let's stay on the recruiting front here. Uh, Ashton Hayes, kid out of Reno. Uh, Nebraska able to get his yes, and I think he looks like a, a pretty talented back. What what'd you see from film, and what's your thoughts on uh, Nebraska landing him? Obviously, Torres kicked off the week. Well, he, he's someone that I don't think you look at and you go, oh, man, he's going to beat out X, Y, and Z on your current roster. Um, but he's got plenty of speed. And, and I think the most telling thing when they were, were recruiting him and what Ashton said afterwards is, they identified a role, what he was going to be. They showed him film of Wandale Robinson, Mo Washington, um, 
this is what we want you to be. And I think that's important because Nebraska needs to build that up in the recruiting uh, profile is they've got comps for players, but those comps are on their current roster. You know, we, they have to move past, hey, here's a comp from Oregon or a comp mm-hmm. from UCF. This is actually a comp on the Nebraska roster. This is what we see your role is. This is the kind of player we see you. And so I, I think that's kind of the role for him where, you know, he can get in space, he, can, he has speed. I like that he can catch the football out of the backfield. Not only run the football, but I like that he can catch the, the ball out of the backfield and be really multiple. I wonder if that's the last running back that Nebraska takes. What if Justin Williams says, hey, I'm still interested. You know, Nebraska's not in a, a place right now to turn down talent, but that's a good pickup. Um, you know, I, I think he's going to – I mean, he's a, he's a wonderful kid. He's got a you know, brilliant family, and he's very, very uh, smart. Um, and I think he's, he's going to grow. I, I think the two pickups this week are, some, are two kids – that as they play their senior year of high school football, they're going to get more attention because people are going to be on to them because Nebraska was the first on to both of them. And I think those are two really good uh, pickups that are kind of fit what we were talking about earlier, where Nebraska is going in their recruiting profile for this class compared to maybe some of the past classes where they reached for the stars. Now they're just reaching for the fit that, that is a nice blend with what they have and what they want to do. Yeah, he's a real coach on the field type. Um, I'm, I'm kidding. Okay, so that's a fantastic what? cliche, <laughs> isn't it? A real scrappy. Yeah. Can we throw the motor part in? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> he plays with a great motor. Kind of kid you want your daughter to marry. <laughs> God. Not a backwards right. hat kind of guy. Calling oh, Calvary. I like the not a backwards hat kind of guy. That's good. Uh, Where were you going, Cranek? As I said, here's my backwards hat. I don't even remember now. Um, no, how about let's rewind. I mean, it wasn't that long ago. Um, Tyreek Johnson, the the transfer in from Ohio State. It's it's interesting that you have now two five star types. I don't know that Nadab Joseph was a actually a five-star but in he's in the conversation for sure um johnson actually was a five-star and you've got both of those guys on campus now as potential starting corners out opposite of uh, cam taylor Britt. do you think one of those two guys emerges as the guy um or do you think braxton clark or uh, maybe, maybe holds him back uh, Tyreek Johnson is kind of the wild card. If, if Travis Fisher can find the right button to push, then it's a win-win for Nebraska. But what I also think it does, you know, there's some competition in that room opposite Cam Taylor Britt. And they like Braxton Clark. They, they like uh, Newsom. Um, you know, they're kind of waiting on Joseph. I, I, I think the one thing that they need from Tyreek Johnson, if you look at guys that have come in a little bit late, like in June, They've been slow to get started. Like, we thought Joseph would be further along last season. Now, it may have taken a whole year for him to click, and, and last year the offseason was you know, nothing, nothing close to normal. But uh, he's an intriguing prospect, and he adds depth. Could he play a lot more nickel than he will play cornerback? But what it does, it adds. I mean, before they added Tyreek Johnson, Travis Fisher had already said this could be the best defensive back group in college football in 21. And you look and you go, okay, there's some intriguing pieces there. You got two returning safeties. You got the best defensive player in your program, and Cam Taylor Britt at one. 
You like the competition of the other. I think it was encouraging, guys, really, really encouraging, something Travis Fisher said earlier this week, that Miles Farmer is good to go. Because when he suffered that injury at West Lafayette, I thought, oh, man, he is out for a while. Um, and him being back will be huge. So I think that whole group is going to be extremely talented. And I don't think it's a, a group as a whole, cornerback safety special packages. But Nebraska's had that much, that depth of talent and those kind of players in a while. And, and you know what? You know what can happen? Those guys are locked down on the back end. What does that do for the guys up front who we like that defensive line group that is moving forward? And we like, we like the linebackers. So it just, it's just another piece in a defense which has a lot of momentum and a lot of excitement and a lot of people thinking, oh, man, is this the, the defense that can bail Nebraska out and get them through the first part of the season before the offense gets their sea legs? Real quick, to, and, and Chris, Elijah, we'll get your take on this too. Um, just a quick follow on that. I think in particular about the secondary, what's intriguing is not even necessarily coverage skills or experience, but across the board physicality, mm-hmm. right? Yep. I, and I think that's a significant difference from what Nebraska has fielded in the secondary going back years. There, You do not have a liability at corner or safety of dudes that, are, that won't hit. <laughs> you know what I yep. mean? Like. I, I, th- I think that is – I'm just curious on if you guys see the same thing where literally your only options that you have now are dudes that will absolutely light you up. I agree, I agree with you. And they also not only light you up, Elijah and Smitty, they're guys that can turn and run as well, which you haven't had an abundance of those guys in the last few years. You've had a couple, but not like they have now. Agree. And I think that's – I mean, this defense's strength has been – they're back four, right? And you look at not only their their ability, and you mentioned the speed and physicality, but I think their mentality, guys, is the difference. Kim Taylor Britt and 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 Dismuke and and Williams, those three guys are guys that that love football, and that's obvious. But they, they wear it on their sleeve, and I think that's been a positive infection for some of the younger guys they, they see that talent level they see what they put into it they see that they came back all three of them and then they also learn and and quite honestly the the, the culture and competition where you're just bringing in in, in dudes you got to be on your toes every day uh, has helped feed into that positive mentality and and I think that's going to be uh, one of the, the one of the main reasons Nebraska can be successful. It's because of what you have in that secondary. And, and they have this mentality of I haven't seen in a while, which is come across the middle, we'll make you pay. Mm-hmm. They, they, they like rocking right. people. They they do. And, and well, get, sometimes sometimes to the extreme, but or, no. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> where where you get a where you get a watch the second half. No, I get you, Gary. Uh, Gary, real fast. We have a, a few minutes left here, but I got to get your quick take on uh, Dylan Raiola getting the the Nebraska offer. We still got to get your take on ASU. So maybe maybe thirty seconds here. But what what's your take? Is Nebraska at the top of the field because of what his dad did at Nebraska? Uh, it's it's awful early, but he's he he becomes a priority. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Dad loves his alma mater. Uh, how, how can you go wrong with Dom, who one of my favorite players at Nebraska? His son's got the same mentality. You know, he's got some great DNA. He's got to be a priority, but his stock is going to go through the roof now after what he did last night and the attention he's going to get. 
But I would, you know, Nebraska's going to be in the mix, and that's a great thing because I think here's a kid that if he could develop and remember what state he played high school football in, Mm -hmm. guys, he may have a five-star attached to his name by the time he gets to the summer between his junior and senior year. Sharpie, we're early in the process, uh, but do you think the NCAA goes basketball route with Arizona State, or do you think they are – gonna hammer him if, if all of this digital evidence is is true with Herman company down there with breaking COVID protocol you play to win the game you pay to win the game uh, he you wonder how can people be so dumb um, but then you realize this is college athletics and there is so much pressure uh, and maybe not a lot of oversight at Arizona State that they're able to get away with this whoever they fired that is a whistleblower Man, that is a bitter individual that is going to try and take down Arizona State. There's some great details, and we get all excited. But let's be honest. Nowadays in college athletics, with all the cheating that is going on that is known or unknown, unless it is a blue blood, we're kind of like, eh, it's Arizona State football. When When you're investigating Alabama or Clemson or Georgia or Ohio State, let me know. But the details, oh, Herm Edwards, this is not the way to go out. It isn't. Sharp, you have a great weekend. One other quick thing on that. Go ahead. Guys, um, you look as Arizona State has the NCAA, you know, getting their mail in Tempe right now. (laughs) Nebraska actually could benefit. You look at, there are some prospects that Nebraska is in on, including some in-state players, that Arizona State was near the top of their list, or the recruiting guys had already put in crystal balls uh, forecasting they were going to go to Arizona State. So watch that. Maybe that impacts and maybe Nebraska could get a benefit or two. Yep, that could uh, that could be part of the fallout. Sharpie, uh, enjoy your weekend. We'll get caught up soon. Thanks for taking a few minutes with us. As always, guys, thank you. All right, there he is, Gary Sharp, with us, the Iron Horse. We heard from Brandon Vogel at 8 o'clock. Yep, we did. And uh, Eric Warfield with us in the 7 a.m. hour. Craig we'll roll our sleeves up and get ready to do it again. Thanks for jumping in, brother. I was impressed by your recovery on that Brandon Gary situation. I'm all about recovery. That move. I lied to take care. We'll uh, talk Monday from the College World Series. Thanks.